You know, every one of us have experienced many times in life when things just haven't gone our way. And I'm willing to bet that every one of us has experienced that at least one time when, when things that didn't go our way, well, it was something that was extremely important to us at the time. Perhaps you're even experiencing that right now in your life. Certainly, having to wear face masks everywhere we go and not being able to worship the Lord in person with our brothers and sisters in Christ, they must fall into that category of things that aren't going our way. But what I'm really talking about is when something that you felt, or, or at least at the time, was something that you felt you, you really, really needed, something that you were looking for God to bless you with, or perhaps it was something that you wished you could get rid of, like an extra heavy burden that you, look, you were looking for God to take off your shoulders. Something that you probably prayed for with all your might and hoped and even planned for, but somehow things just didn't work out. Didn't happen. And as a result, you struggled with that letdown and you were extremely disappointed. Like so many who face these times of suffering and struggle or disappointment, you may have said something like, well, why me, God? Why are you letting this happen to me? Unfortunately for some, if that happens, it can be a time of bitterness. Bitterness that can cause them to question their faith. Bitterness that can cause them to even turn their backs on God. And when that happens, they might leave the church, or they might stop praying. They might totally ignore God. Maybe you can relate to what I'm talking about. Maybe something like that happened to you at some point in your life, or Maybe there's something going on in your life right now that's helping the evil one to encourage you to consider doing just that. Maybe all the COVID-19 stuff feels like it's becoming too much, too much to deal with, and you're feeling helpless and even abandoned. Really, the list of things that, if we're not careful, can cause us to feel disappointed enough to question our faith, that list can go on and on. <coughs> The absolute truth that Jesus tells us in John 16 that in the world there will be trouble. That's something that I think we've all experienced at least once in our lives. It's a painful reality of living in this fallen world. We've all heard the expression that there are only two things that are certain in life, death and taxes. But I think there are at least three things that are certain in life. There's death, taxes, and there's trouble. Even if life is all peaches and cream right now for you, without a doubt, there will come a time when that will all change. The duration of that change, it might be long or it might be short, but to be sure, it will eventually come. Now, in today's lesson, the second lesson, which came from the eighth chapter of St. Paul's letter to the church in Rome, Paul teaches us, how to not just endure the difficult times in life, but also how to conquer those extra difficult times. If your life's going great right now, well, this is the best time to reflect on life's challenges. Because when troubles come, you need to be armed and ready to fight and defend yourself with God's truth. But if you're in a time of struggle right now, remember that God's very word provides us with hope. When things don't go our way, the first thing that we have to remember is God's purpose for us. So what is God's 
purpose for us? What is God's ultimate goal for us each and every day? What's God's purpose and goal for you? Some of us think of God's purpose and we think it's for us to be happy. We assume that his ultimate, ultimate goal for us is happiness. We've heard sayings like, well, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're happy. That's what's important. But God's ultimate goal for us is not temporarily, temporary worldly happiness. Some of us think God's purpose for us is to be successful. We think things like, well, if it's God's will that I should have a high-paying job, a big, beautiful house, a garage with lots of toys inside, new cell phone every year, a huge flat-screen TV, and, of course, tons of friends. But if we back up a few verses in today's epistle lesson, we go back to verse 29. We can see that God's purpose has absolutely nothing to do with either happiness or success. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 says, For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be firstborn among many brothers. What Paul means here by predestined, by the way, is not the erroneous Calvinist doctrine of predestination, meaning that only a select few people that are handpicked by God ahead of time to be saved will be saved. What Paul means by predestined is that before any of us was created, it was God's plan for all who accept Christ to be predestined to become more and more like him as their faith grows and strengthens. See, Christ is offered to all, and because of our free will, we all have the ability to either accept him or to reject him. Sadly, as we know all too well, many choose to reject him. So according to that particular passage, verse 29, God's purpose for us is to, quote, to be conformed to the image of his Son. God's purpose for you and God's purpose for me and God's purpose for everyone is for us to become like Jesus. Temporary life, life here on this earth, temporal, we call it, is full of uncertainty. We, should abs we have absolutely no assurance of either worldly, happy worldly happiness or success. All we know is, is that God will work things out together for our good in order to fulfill his ultimate goal of making us like Jesus. But that work, that change, it's a cooperative project that involves us and the Holy Spirit. So when things don't go our way, we have to remember God's purpose for us, and that is for us to be like Jesus. So many things in life are uncertain. In fact, we will each be confronted with countless uncertainties during our time on this earth. But the one thing we know for certain is that God has a plan for our salvation. And he knew it before he even said, let there be light. God is omniscient, which means he knows all. He had a plan then, and he has a plan today for fulfilling his purpose in everyone who accepts our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you turn your will over to his will and allow him to really be Lord over your life, God's plan will bring you to full Christian maturity. Because as Paul said, God's purpose for you is to be conformed 
to the image of his son. But in order for that to happen, you have to allow your life to be conformed to his will. You have to continually invite and allow the Holy Spirit to transform you from the inside out. Problem is, we each have our own plans for our lives, and sometimes, or perhaps too many times, those plans don't line up with God's plan. Proverbs 16.9 says, The human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. We can make plans all day long, till we're blue in the face, but it is God who directs our steps. And so what does that mean? We shouldn't plan? Of course not. Scripture repeatedly commends the wise steward and the diligent worker. But we need to always be ready, willing, and able to modify our plans to bring them in accordance with God's will. We need to learn to listen for his voice by spending lots of time in prayer and in study of the Holy Scriptures on a regular and ongoing basis. And we need to be eager and ready to humbly obey him when we hear him speak. When our goals and plans are frustrated, we need to look to God's higher purpose and higher plans for our lives. When things don't go our way, and that may happen a lot, we have to remember the promise of God's provision. God will provide what we need to endure the struggles and sufferings that we face, and he'll do it every time. In verses 31 to 34 in Paul's epistle, we find four questions for us to contemplate. Verse 31 asks us, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? When we think of the, the promise of God's provision, we often think about financial struggles. But maybe your struggle isn't financial at all. Maybe it involves a person who just makes your life extremely difficult. If so, remember God's provision in verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? The answer, of course, is no one can. Verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also give us all things with him? In your daily struggles in life, you might find yourself in a place where you feel you just can't go on anymore. You have no more energy, no more love to give, no more patience with life and that God seems to be holding what you need most. But remember this, he is the same God who gave us the most precious thing of all when he gave us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. If God has given us his son, his only son, will he not also give us everything else that we need to deal with the day-to-day -day struggles of life? The scriptures tell us, yes, he will. In fact, Ephesians 3 at verse 20 says, God is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or even think. And so when life isn't going away, always remember the promise of God's provision. And finally, when things don't go our way, we must remember God's presence. When those serious hardships of persecution knock on our door, or another huge financial challenge presents itself, and even when you feel completely spent and hopeless, it can feel like God has abandoned you. You can even feel like you're literally crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But Paul reminds us and assures us in verse 38 that nothing, 
Absolutely nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Death can't, life can't, the angels won't, and all the powers of hell itself cannot keep God's love away. Your fears for today, your worries about tomorrow, whether you're flying high in the sky because life is treating you incredibly good right now, or whether you're in the deepest emotional pit imaginable, nothing will ever be able to separate you from the love of God. That fact has been clearly demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ when he died for you on the hardwood of the cross. My brothers and sisters in Christ, when, when things in life don't go your way, remember that God's purpose for you is to make you like Jesus, to adopt you as his son or his daughter. Remember that his plan for you is to bring you to spiritual maturity and a loving relationship with him. Remember that God's provision includes all the spiritual resources that you need to get through each and every day. And above all, remember God's love for you. Nothing can ever separate us from his love. He is with us always because as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in each of us. Our bodies are his temple and our hearts are his tabernacle. There's absolutely no place that we can go. There's absolutely no situation we can find ourselves in that he is not with us, standing by, ready to help us and defend us. We just call upon him and trust in him and love him. And so, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He will never forsake you. He will never abandon you. And if you really have invited him to dwell in your heart, no one can ever separate you from his love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.